jinkies. Oh, what's that gross book made out of skin? It's not a book. It's a tome made out of skin. Ew. What's it say? Behold the collected apocrypha of Stacy Ponder, the writer for Final Girl. And Anthony Hudson, the programmer for Queer Horror. And together they are... Oh my god! Don't read it out loud! Don't read it out loud! of Darkness! Once again, here we are at Stately Gaylord's Manor. <laughs> I thought you were going to be a little Dracula. <laughs> I, I like was I... like, it was a little half Dracula, half, half chub. <laughs> you know? Because there was a, there was a, there was like, you know, there were top notes and middle notes. And the, <laughs> yeah. And then like the after, afterglow, aftertaste notes or whatever. So there was a slight, like, once again, but then it just... It just, she didn't have the energy. She just didn't have it in her. Didn't have it in her to commit, you know? <laughs> Sorry, everybody. Wow. It's almost like we're living through an awful heat wave. Heat in wave. both wings of the manor. Yeah, a pox upon all our houses. You know, who knows? There's all kinds of things going on. So. Oh, yeah, poxes. Monkey pox. Poxes, yeah. Everything. No, thank you. I do not... No thank you to monkeypox, I say. You don't fuck with the blisters? I have no desire to be a bumpy mess. <laughs> no. I had chicken pox as a child. That was, that's enough for me. No more oh. poxes, please. Uh, did you have to do the bath? Huh? Where you do the bath? A special and then they put... I'm, I took baths. <laughs> like... No. <laughs> I only did that once. <laughs> Not like a special bath, I don't think. Maybe Epsom salts or something to relieve no, the it misery. Was like, no, it was like pink. It was like a pink. Was it pink? I don't know. There was some fluid I was in, in uh, submerged in. But and then there was like I'm a sure cream. there was. <laughs> <laughs> no, I uh, no. Listen, I got chicken pox, braces. And glasses, all within like a two-week period. <gasps> so it was a—it's a really good boost to the self-esteem. Yeah, it was not so not at the same time also as shaving the eyebrows and the perm. No, those came shortly after. Oh, okay, after you had learned some lessons. Yeah, listen, it was a rough time. <laughs> <laughs> it was a rough time. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Yeah. Oh boy, oh boy. Yeah, so I am I am like a super no on monkeypox. I mean, that's super generally no. good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I think that that's a good guideline or yeah. way of look at it. Is Thank generally you. no. Yeah, no thanks. So, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I don't want to go back into like a Howard Hughes isolation, you know what I mean? But at the same time... I, that's the thing. The other, I was like, oh, I really, I really could like use some chill time and just like relax and get away from everything. And also, it's it's been a hundred degrees for like a week, and and I was just like, okay, maybe I could go, maybe I could go check in with my friends and see like, um, because I know one of them has like an inflatable hot tub, and I'm like, maybe when it cools down at night, we could go sit in it and it'd be nice and relaxing and like it would help us cool down even though it's warm. I don't know. It made sense in my head at the time. And then I was like, oh, wait, no. We all could have monkeypox and, like, all get covered in blisters. And then I'm like, not even, it feels like, it feels like, like, we kind of, with pandemic, we kind of got past the sheer horror of not being able to be around anybody. Like, now I see people, but then at the same time, and, like, I hug people and stuff. I still am not, like, eating indoors or taking my mask off inside. But it's like, okay, well, at least I have one back, like, encounters with other people and contact <laughs> right you are no longer legend exact ex like i am no longer legend thank you yeah and then now you're telling me oh wait all of my friends are the most at risk <laughs> and now i because all of my core friend group surprise surprise is gay people and now we can't hug a legend once more oh a legend once more I'm so. I'm Will Smith fighting cartoon CGI zombie. Exactly. Vampire monsters. 
zombie vampire monsters. Whatever they are. They all are the same, and they all have the same tattered shirt. I've never seen it. Oh, wow. You're you're one of the lucky ones, Stacey. There's a lot of things I like that that I haven't seen, but something I did see for the first time, I realized. Oh? I watched Dolores Claiborne the other night. Oh, shit! I had actually never seen it. How does it hold up? I mean, how it... I, we, I mean, it? it's four days too long. <laughs> For sure. I mean, I love Kathy Bates, right? Oh, legend. It has that, of course, we've talked about it on this show, this type of thing, but it has that classic Stephen King, like, you know. Well, now, listen here, Mr. High and thinks he's the almighty. You think I give half a fart about that limpy corn cob you got between your legs? You've got another thing coming. You know, like... And she's the only person on this island who talks like that. Yes. You know, and it's like, Stephen King, I know you like to say these things and they're funny, but it's like no person actually talks like that except the ones you make up. Except the magical trick Magical Mana. From Maine, yeah. So, um, I mean, it's fine. It's fine. Doesn't she, uh, like, she's like, here's what I remember. She's, she's Dolores Claiborne. <laughs> that's what i remember there's an eclipse like her husband's abusive she like throws him in a well or something yeah uh jennifer jason lee right is her daughter mm-hmm. and then and then there's like an old lady that yells at her and she like throws her down the stairs or something <laughs> yeah. it's one of those where it's like it's a, and again it's more stephen king of like his way of empowering women is for them to suffer horrendous abuse first yeah oh yeah yeah hello wendy torrance yeah. Hello, Beverly from It. Hello, Handcuff Woman. Gerald's Game, whatever her name is. <laughs> her name was Handcuff Woman. <laughs> and then when she became a, 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 a sexual abuse counselor at the end of the movie, her name tag yeah. said Mrs. Handcuff Woman. Yeah, yeah. It's like women, women are, I mean, I'm sure there's exceptions to it that I'm just not thinking of, but it's like for me... It's like, oh, yeah, she struck back and killed her abusive rapist husband. Yay! He can never just let a woman be great from the jump. You know what I mean? She has to first overcome the absolute agony of patriarchy. Yeah, yeah. So that gets a little tiring. Here's my other question. I'll say say it. I'll ask this question. Oh, really? Jennifer Jason Leigh. Oh, oh. Question, Question mark. Okay. Jennifer Jason Lee? Like, is she a good actress? I feel like that has entered my lexicon of like, oh, Jennifer Jason Lee's great. And then I watch her and I'm like, she has no facial expressions ever. And I'm not sure. She's very monotone and it works in something like single white female. But that's every yeah. role she plays. And so watching this, I was like, I think my truth is that she kind of actually sucks. Oh, no. It doesn't mean I don't love her, but I think that that's actually the truth. I have, see, I'm going to have to go back and watch because in my mind, I love Jennifer Jason Lee. Me too. And I'll, I'll tell you why. Because in my mind, Holly Hunter and Jennifer Jason Lee will be in a movie where they're sisters who are bounty hunters. And it's all I want to see. <laughs> Right. So this is, you'll be tell next thing I know, you'll be telling me that that's the plot of the Hateful Eight or something. Yes, and that's why I love Jennifer Jason Lee. <laughs> yeah. No, what I will say is Jennifer Jason Lee in Hateful Eight, I, I could not stand that movie, but she, I thought she was amazing in it. Um, that, I haven't seen that, and I have heard she's fantastic in She it, was so. nominated for an Oscar. She should have won. She was incredible. The, I, I hate the movie because, well... The whole movie's like, look at these men overcoming racism by killing this awful, vile monster of a woman. (laughs) But she's amazing at it. She's such a good, awful, vile... So in that... But that was also like... He kind of... He was Travolta-ing her. So maybe up until then, she wasn't that good. I mean, the only other thing I can think of her off the top of my head besides single white female is when she screamed Annihilation and Annihilation. Right. I mean, I rem- I have vague memories. I haven't seen Last Exit to Brooklyn in, uh, like, ten decades. Yeah. I remember her being really good in that. I just I just feel like 
when I see it, nine times out of ten, she's just always Jennifer Jason Leigh. And it's always yeah. like, I don't know, mother. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and she was like that in Annihilation until she finally yelled Annihilation. It was just like, well, I, your husband, we don't know what happened to him. And there's the fucking shimmer or whatever, you know? <laughs> That's the dialogue that she has. Yeah, Yeah, I don't know. I say I love her, but then when I think about what do I remember about her in Annihilation, I only remember her screaming Annihilation. So I, this, me saying this doesn't mean I don't still love her. I just, it's one of those things where I also will accept her limitations. I just hadn't realized that there are, but I think there are limitations. Wow. There's nothing wrong with an actor, I don't think, having a narrow range yeah. in which they excel. Yes. Well, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. This could also be argued of, um, you've asked this question with Numi Rapace. Yeah. Who I love. I think she's brill, but mm-hmm. I have also seen Passion. <laughs> yeah. I haven't seen Spencer. Uh, but I think Kristen Stewart is another one who has a, so maybe she's fantastic in that. I don't know. But it's like, from what I have seen of her, she has a narrow range and she's, can be really good when a role lands within that narrow range. And that's Mm -hmm. fine. Mm -hmm. We don't all have to play clumps dress up like fucking Meryl (laughs) Streep and think we can do everything. (laughs) Right? More chin buddy. More chin buddy. Oh, wow. Uh, look at look at I'm our queen Madonna in a league of their own. Perfect, stunning, absolutely incredible, Oscar worthy. Should have been nominated. <laughs> Desperately seeking Susan. Yeah, again, great. Thank you. Yeah. yeah, it's it's when she's to the thing that's closest to her that she excels. Exactly, and and that's okay. And then we also have our swept aways and our. Yeah, our body of bodies of evidence. (laughs) Jesus Christ! I fucking went to the theater to see that because it was. (laughs) Look, were you like excitedly clutching your popcorn and jostling in your seat? Yeah. Yes, Anthony, I sure was, and it wasn't because I was like, I'm watching Madonna pour hot candle wax on Willem Dafoe. (laughs) 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 Just like. I'm like, no, I'm not having a panic attack. No. <laughs> I'm enjoying this. You know what's funny, actually, is that that is a very disturbing image. And yeah. yet, if, if you have Robert Eggers film that, then I'm like, this is hot. I love it. This is gay. Right? This is queer yeah. horrors. <laughs> like... Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's yeah. hilarious. The things we do for the ones we love. Yup. Wow. So what you're saying is next week we're doing Amityville with Jennifer Jason Leigh to determine determine her acting abilities. Yeah, absolutely. So, but I can cross Dolores Claiborne off my list. I finally uh, know what people are talking about when they talk about Dolores Claiborne. That's great. I've been meaning to rewatch it for years. And then it's not bad. Yeah, at one point I got the book and I said, I'm going to read it. And then I just sold the book after several years of not reading it. <laughs> did you, when when the eclipse happened, did you did you remember the part in Handcuff Woman when the eclipse happened and she saw Dolores Claiborne over there and you were like, oh, wow, Flanagan, you've done it again. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Was that convincing? Good answer, yes. No, was. I didn't remember that at all because when it happened in Handcuff Movie, I it passed me by. I had no idea what it was. It left my mind. Clearly, and also the title of that movie left my mind as well. So if, I, if I'm like, if it takes me a second to get to the actual title of the film, chances are I don't remember a reference to another movie I haven't seen. <laughs> Knowing the way my brain works. Oh... So, you know, speaking of other old movies. Oh, God, don't say that. Well, uh, the movie we're talking about this week, you suggested. Why? (laughs) Why? (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for (laughs) always knowing to announce to the listeners which ones I chose. (laughs) Well, they can probably tell at this point. (laughs) 
<laughs> no, this movie, I mean, this movie is something of a cozy sweater. Right? Yeah, a chunky cozy sweater, a chunky knit. A chunky knit that you say, this is, there's something comforting about this. In my memories. There we go. Let me rewatch it. Of course, you have Michelle Pfeiffer. Perfect. But let's let's just lay it out there. What lies beneath uh-huh. is just an up-jumped Lifetime movie. Absolutely! Yes! Now, this is not a problem. But when I watch it now, I'm like, there's nothing here I haven't seen so many times before. The mm-hmm. only shock is that the best, the, the quirky best friend, played by Diana Scarwood... Great character actress. Yeah, love her. I love her. The only real shock in this movie is that she doesn't end up dead. Yeah. Because yeah. That, that character usually gets killed. Yeah, she's three scenes and casually wheeled off screen like Kyle Richards. <laughs> yeah. You think she's going to be Julianne Moore in The Hand That Rocks the Cradle and have a greenhouse crash on her or something. <laughs> Such a great way to happen. go. Yeah. If you gotta go, Rebecca De Mornay. Do it, De Mornay. Do De Mornay. That sounds like a fragrance. It does, doesn't it? Anyway, <laughs> what lies beneath? Diana Scarwood. If you haven't seen it, does not get killed in a greenhouse in this film. No. Uh. Uh. What does happen? Robert Zemeckis decides. In I thought this was two thousand two. It's, it turns out this movie is 22 years old. That is insane! Which is somehow more upsetting than 20 years old. And then I say, why are people posting about the anniversary of What Lies Beneath? A 22nd is not an anniversary of note. I was misled. Alas. <laughs> we, are now watching, we have now watched the 22-year-old film, What Lies Beneath, in which Robert Zemeckis... Uh, hot off of what contact I think maybe was his last right before this hot off of shooting Jodie Foster into a wormhole to go talk to her dad (laughs) I love contact hot off of that he says I'm gonna make I'm gonna make the Hitchcockian thriller that Hitchcock would make today today being the year 2000 Y2K. Y2K Hitchcock. Just what we need. We have Nico Masterakis for that, okay? We, have, <laughs> we do. We have, we have .com for murder. Thank you. We have Nico and his A-frame. That's Thank right. you very much. We don't need highfalutin effects. Mm-mm. We don't need cameras stuck in the floor. We need Nastasia Kinski <laughs> in a wheelchair. We need Huey Lewis. We need Huey Lewis and Nicolette Sheridan. Who, let me tell you, Nicolette Sheridan, when I was growing up. We'll add her to the list of uh, youthful interest, I'll say. Oh, that's what we're calling them. Listen, my mom used to watch Knott's Landing, and I would stay up and watch Knott's Landing with my mother, and Nicolette Sheridan was, you know, a youthful interest. Thank you. I'm bearing my soul to people. This is this beautiful. This beautiful. This vulnerable. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> this is my one woman show where I just tell you all the women I was attracted to when I was young. <laughs> Watching Knott's Landing. Watching Knott's Landing. Hell yes. Slide number one. Meg Tilly. Okay. <laughs> Slide number two. The warrior woman from the Road Warrior, the one who wore the headband and the sweater with the football yeah. pads. Fucking loved her. <clears throat> Number three. I don't know, Nicholas Sheridan. <laughs> Meanwhile, we're tied up in the attic. <laughs> <laughs> Full clockwork orange yeah. things on your eyes. Yeah, there's a corpse party behind us. <laughs> you should all be honored to be here. <laughs> My carousel of slides. <laughs> Which you do also refer to as your blog. <laughs> <laughs> but they're slides, Stacey. There's an eclipse. Leave me alone. 
Is this a Hitchcockian uh, thr- oh, God, I hate that word. I mean, I guess. There's some rear window shit. Like, oh, oh, okay, the first part's rear window. Okay. Oh, now it's a little vertigo. Okay. It didn't blow your mind. It blew my mind. No, but that's actually what upset me, Stacy. And I'm with you on the uh, being annoyed at hearing the words Hitchcockian thriller. Because I go into this thinking like, well, at least it will look cool. Like, because, you know, it's Zemeckis. And, and I don't know what he is trying to do as a filmmaker, except I, I don't think he has actually any, uh, not talent, but I don't, I don't think he has any, like, interest in telling stories as much as, like, making visuals happen. Right. Mm, like, mm-hmm. like, is Forrest Gump a good movie? I don't know. I've never seen it. <gasps> You're a true ass. <laughs> You've never seen Forrest Gump? I have not. So if there's a reference to that in some other fucking Mike Flanagan movie, I don't get it. <laughs> it's the, like I think like, I'm not convinced it's a good movie. I think it's just people like being like, "Oh, look, it's Elvis. Oh, it's Nixon. Oh, he's sat at a bench." Like people it, it they get seduced by the weirdness of the image. The unexpectedness of the image and the nostalgia of the image. And then, I mean, that's like Roger Rabbit was probably good because it had cartoons and Jessica Rabbit. Christopher Lloyd is spooky man. And like that's technologically cutting edge. But then after that, I think he just was always trying to figure out how can I make a camera do a thing weird. (laughs) And I just think that was his guiding principle as a filmmaker. So in this, I think, well, at least it will have that. Really, I don't like follow him enough to. I had no idea he directed all those movies. He's one of those directors where, like, if I'm watching something and his name pops up, I go, "Oh, okay." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's it. But I couldn't tell you his filmography beyond What Lies Beneath, and now Forrest Gump and uh, Roger Rabbit, (laughs) and Contact, Contact. Yes. (laughs) He also like what I like about him. If I had to say I like something about him, you know, in Nice Class, where you learn how to be nice. I would say, uh, well, I really like that he made Tales from the Crypt happen. Oh, yeah. He has a thing for horror movies. Uh, That's why he did this. That's why he went on. I think then he was like, I'm going to make pictures happen weird in cartoons with Monster House. So he did Monster House. I haven't seen it. I've heard it's fine. But he did Tales from the Crypt, and that's rad. However, if you watch the episode of Tales from the Crypt that he did, or one of them, it's one of the worst episodes because he was like, I'm going to make a Humphrey Bogart movie, but today... And so he literally did a CGI Humphrey Bogart. It's just stupid. Nobody cares. I'm like, give me the Crypt Keeper. Give me assassins. Give me spooky, scary monsters. Give me Susan Tyrrell as a vampire. Like, I don't need CGI Humphrey Bogart. So anyway, that's all he does. So I get to this movie and I think at least it's going to have cool camera stuff. And I watch this movie. I'm like, this movie is actually ugly. (laughs) Like, there's honestly no style to the movie whatsoever. It has a lush a uh, house and surrounding environments that we're supposed to be greeted with, our eyes are to be greeted with. But otherwise, it's just very pedestrian cinematography. And then every now and then, he's like, ooh, I'm Hitchcock because I'm going to put the camera in the floor. Or now I'm, I'm filming them driving and you see them talking through the rearview mirror. And it's like literally there are four instances where he tries to evoke Hitchcock visually through the work of the camera and then the rest of the time it's just a lifetime movie like you said it's so weird i like how much you kind of hate him i'm sorry i just i realize i've been ranting it's not that i hate him it's just it's like steven soderbergh like i just don't get what you're trying to do as a filmmaker i don't understand what your artistic voice is because it's like uh indiscernible it's what we say about wes craven yes 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 and so it's just, it's interesting when you, I mean, Nico Mastarakis has, you can tell a Nico Mastarakis movie, mostly because you're like, what the fuck is going on? And why is there a 45 minute chase scene at the end? And always the same A-frame. Yeah, but there's something, but it's always interesting when you look at a filmography and there doesn't seem to be a through line be- beyond the name on the screen. Yeah. Well, at least we get Michelle Pfeiffer. Love her. Love her. She was still a star at this point. I mean, she's always been a star. Oh, God. She was still making movies regularly. Yes. 
So what? She's married to Harrison Ford. Here we go. Let's talk about the movie. <laughs> this would be much easier with a slideshow. <laughs> it really would. Because this is another movie that is three weeks too long. Thank you. Oh, it's so long. It Honestly, I mean, I know we're all over the place. Forgive us. Or at least I'm all over the place. Whatever. So is this uh, movie. But yeah, but then it gets to the like, like the climax of the film is uh, like 45 minutes long. <laughs> Which is funny because the climax is like ending A. Yeah. <laughs> like there's already, the movie has ended by the time you get to the climax. Yeah. And it just, it goes, like if you thought that the fucking Lord of the Rings, the third one, it's like, <laughs> when is this going to end? Like, this is another movie. That's also the title of it. <laughs> Lord of the Rings, the third one. So, <laughs> Michelle Pfeiffer and Harrison Ford are married. Oh, God, you know what? I'm passing the torch. This one's yours. I'll chime in when I feel the need. I'm passing the torch. <laughs> this is your pick. You fucking did it. Oh, shall I reap what I have sown? Absolutely. So Michelle Pfeiffer and Harrison Ford are a couple of rich white people <laughs> living in Vermont. Uh, they live in a very stately, beautiful house in Lakeside, Vermont. Uh, he is a professor of genetics. He's the DuPont Chair of Genetics at, at Science College. And um, he has like a a weird hang up because every single time anyone talks to him ever they always think that he's his dad who is more famous than him and dead <laughs> and so he gets all upset all the time over that meanwhile michelle pfeiffer is uh, a, a frazzled woman struggling with empty nest syndrome because they ha she has just sent off her arguably lesbian daughter caitlin <laughs> to theater school um, Caitlin, as portrayed by no shit Sinead, who likes pain from But I'm a Cheerleader. So I said, it's canon. She's a dyke. Um, <laughs> Michelle Pfeiffer's all sad because her daughter's gone, but she's like trying to figure out how to, you know, live her life, whatever. And then she, one night, she is becomes aware that there is a rear window situation happening. She keeps looking out the, guess what, the back window of the house. Do you get it? And she sees the neighbors fighting and she'll hear them fighting and all this stuff. The neighbor is Miranda Otto. Who, Little, like, baby Miranda Otto. Baby Miranda Otto, who still has a spectacular commitment to absolute unhinged insane performances. <laughs> Just like an Annabelle uh, creation. Like, she's one step away from crawling all over the walls in this movie. It's spectacular. Uh... Michelle Pfeiffer becomes convinced that Miranda Otto has been killed by her husband, who is another professor at Science College, and then she doesn't know what to do. She starts witnessing paranormal activity in the house. Doors start opening, bathtub starts filling up, and steams everywhere, and sometimes she has to blow-dry her mirror. Who blow-dries a who mirror? Who does that? Who does that? I specifically made a note saying, who the fuck blow-dries their mirror? That was just for Chekhov's hairdryer. That's Thank all you. that was for. And for Chekhov's drippy mirror. You, I, nobody does that. Everyone knows you wipe your hand across it and then you say, oh no, it left a streak. And then you do it a hundred more times to try to get rid of the streaks. <laughs> That's what you do. So anyway, so she does that and uh, convinced that she's dead, that Miranda Otto is dead. It turns out Miranda Otto is not in fact dead after Michelle Pfeiffer publicly yells at the husband that she thinks has killed him or killed her. Turns out Miranda Otto is alive. The ghost, whose initials were typing on AOL, M-E-F, um, is not, in fact, Mary Fuhrer, a.k.a. Miranda Otto. Michelle Pfeiffer looks a little bit into it, a little bit further, and she somehow uncovers a memory that she saw her husband having an affair with a student. Um, it's a long, drawn-out story, a little two hours and nine minutes long. She uncovers this memory and remembers that she saw these two together in the house. Um, so then she, like, goes to the dead girl's house. She finds out who she is. She gets a lock of hair. It's very Sansa Lambs. Goes and visits mom. Gets a lock of hair from her room. She gets a book on witchcraft from Diana Scarwood, her best friend. 
And somehow, if you... I don't know if you knew this, Stacey. I know we study the occult. She she picks... She holds a lock of hair while looking at a book. And that's a ritual <laughs> that makes her eyes change color and she becomes possessed by the dead girl who seduces Harrison Ford and then and then she has a vision of herself as Michelle Pfeiffer walking in looking at the anyway all is revealed by the end of it it turns out that Harrison Ford is lying she didn't the the girl he was cheating with the student didn't just kill herself and threaten all of them blah 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 he killed her Harrison Ford in this in this 45 minute climax puts Michelle Pfeiffer in the bathtub gives her the science chloroform from his department which is in, <laughs> engagingly talked about as Michelle Pfeiffer comes to visit him one day uh, to be a frazzled wife and to say I heard a sound in the house <laughs> which required driving to his college then she gets science chloroform she's stuck in the bathtub uh, the bathtub fills up with water. The ghost helps her out. Harrison Ford gets hurt. Michelle Pfeiffer runs away. Harrison Ford comes after her. Crash the car into the water, lake, river, bay, ocean, whatever body of water it is. <laughs> uh, he's going to drown her. And he, he goes to drown her by gently pushing her head down with one finger. <laughs> while they're both at risk of drowning. Uh, ghost, cool ghost girl who is, oh, what's her name? Amber Valletta. Amber Valletta, a.k.a. The Witch in Dead Silence. Um, this is, she's cool in this movie. It's the ghost hag in the lake coming out of the car is cool. I liked that. She comes out, she grabs Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford drowns in literally one second. <laughs> and then Michelle Pfeiffer swims away and then goes and leaves a rose on her grave at the end. And all is resolved. <laughs> Is that the movie? Hey, that's the movie. You did it. Good <laughs> I job. Did it. Hey, you all know this. It came out 22 fucking years ago. Yeah, man. Boy. It, I, the, the, the title is so incredible, right? Because you're like, what lies beneath? It's like the girl's body. You know what I mean? Oh. But also like her husband. He lies beneath the surface. Oh! Okay! (laughs) Here's the best part of the movie. (gasps) They, uh, you kind of glossed over. Yes, it it was not a full depiction. Well, I just need to highlight this. Because this is, this was what really got me. Was, you know, Michelle Pfeiffer has been playing this solitaire game on the computer. And that is how the ghost makes itself known by entering its initials in the high score of the solitaire game. And so the idea that the ha- the ghost had to play solitaire and earn the number one spot so it could put its initials in to communicate. I love that. That's ghost commitment. That is that is commitment. You could have just left a note. Annabelle leaves notes. <laughs> Quick and to the point. This bitch is like, God damn it, I'm stuck again. Like how many games of solitaire? <laughs> to put in her initials. That's so funny. As like the number one champion. Because it's always like the three. Man, I don't know about you, but what were your go-tos for initials at the arcade? It was always, what can you do with three letters? You can do A-S-S, you can do T-I-T, you can do (laughs) F-A-G. And you did them all. I did them all, baby. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, just imagining the ghost having to play solitaire is delightful. It's so good. I didn't even think about that aspect. You're absolutely <laughs> right. She didn't just have to boot up the computer and wait for it to start. She didn't just open, you know, Notepad or Word or something and put her initials in. She fucking played solitaire <laughs> until she won. I love that. Just well, she's dead. What else does she have to do, really? Appear in a bathtub. Yeah. Start a bathtub. Yeah. Open a door. Open a door occasionally. Knock over a picture. It's just, it's a lifetime movie with some supernatural elements and a big budget and a big cast. Yes. That you've heard of. Yes. But otherwise the formula of like, the husband who has something to hide. 
gaslighting his wife. Is she crazy? She's depressed over some kind of past traumatic experience. Like, that's a great subgenre in movies where women are like, um, well, actually, it was really traumatic for me when uh, our child was stillbirth, and the husband's like, why are you so depressed? Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, so we kind of get that with this. You get the kooky best friend in Diana Scarwood. She's great. Uh, who knows things, you know. She uh, has spotted Harrison Ford out with the young woman. So the kooky best friend always knows what's up, and they usually get, get killed for it, like I said. so It is shocking. I guess the only reason she didn't die is because it would have given him away maybe sooner. Right, yeah. But even still, like, what if she, what if Michelle Pfeiffer goes down to the dock and then, oh no, Diana Scarwood's dead in the boat. Right, that, well, that, see, Anthony, that would have been something happening in the movie. Right. Which <laughs> we just save for this extended, protracted uh, climax. Right, absolutely. And Harrison Ford does that thing I love, quote unquote, in movies where it's like, you've been normal this whole time and now you're crazy! <laughs> Once the secret is discovered, they're crazy. <laughs> you know? He'll science chloroform you and put you in a bathtub. Like, even that I could have accepted, but it's like, the you know, and granted, it's like, okay, you did murder someone. It's like, I was having an affair. She was going to tell the dean. I had no choice. I killed her. I regret it. Blah, 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 blah. So you think, okay, maybe it was whatever. Maybe he feels he has to kill Michelle Pfeiffer, but it's still going to bother him. Yeah. It's still his wife that he's been married to for a decade or whatever yes. he, that he loves. But instead, it's like he science chloroforms her, puts her in a bathtub, and then it's like, oopsie doopsie, the water's going to fill up. Oh, should I? Here, come on, doggy, let's go play fetch. It's like, with no kind of, do you know what I mean? Well, like, yeah. with the, when those flip, the switch is flipped and it just, I don't know. It absolutely would have been different had he, like, displayed some, like, well, this is just how it has to go to retain his name or whatever. But then, yeah, on top of that, the clownery and then the, oh, this will bring me and your daughter closer together and every time I look at her, I'll see you. Yeah, intimating he's going to be, like, trying to fuck his stepdaughter. Yeah, like, like what? what? <laughs> yeah. It's really weird. First of all, she's a lesbian. Thank you. <laughs> you saw Second her of all, it's just Yeah, it's just so, like, out of the blue. Yeah, that, that part was th th just, what? Where did this come from? So it's just proven now he he isn't just a man who had an affair and then went to drastic, I mean, not to back him up anyway, but he went to drastic measures and killed her and then thought he could just have a normal life after that. He is full, like you said, he's full crazy. Yeah. And then, and then that's when it turns into like a real, like we've had our paranormal moments or whatever. But then he turns into fucking Jason Voorhees. And is like, you know, oh, they're going to show a close-up of him. And then his eye opens and there's a big music sting. And it's like, uh, okay. Mm -hmm. They were just like dancing and playing the cello two minutes ago. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was just a professor five minutes ago worried about his new grant or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Upset that every time people call him, they're like, oh, are you your dad? Goes, no, I'm not my dad. Here's my question. What triggers the paranormal activity because mm. the the murder happened in 1998 the film set in 99 it came out in 2000 this is to my surprise and alarm uh the the murder was in 1998 that's and we find that out because i mean it's intimated those 98 because michelle pfeiffer is going through a photo album and then she sees the photo of the car accident and she gets upset the car accident that she vaguely remembers uh so that was in 1998, and then this one year later, um, at, which is also told to us in great exposition when Diana Scarwood first shows up and is like, oh, you've had a <laughs> hell of a year. The accident, the move, your garden. And I said, what the fuck? Yeah. Her garden? Also, what yeah. is this old-timey expositionary dialogue between these two women, and one of them is so frazzled? <laughs> yeah. Which I actually kind of loved that nostalgic <laughs> flair that I can see that in a movie from 2000. But, uh, so 
so what what why does it is it like oh now that the daughter's out of the house the ghost has more room to make noise or it's more it's just michelle pfeiffer will notice it or is it because diana scarwood in her first scene with her hands her uh as she calls it kambuka mushroom tea (laughs) which is supposed to help amplify your psychic powers and then i say to myself are you telling me michelle pfeiffer drank the kambuka mushroom tea (laughs) and now has become open to the paranormal we should have seen her drinking the tea we didn't see her drink the tea so i will never know if that's in case the fact in fact the case (laughs) so you have to then surmise that it could be that or it could be like you said. Now she has she doesn't have a daughter around to focus on anymore. She's looking at the photo album, which is triggering repressed memories. Mm-hmm. Which not only is she just remembering things on her own, but it gives Amber Valletta's ghost a way to weasel in. Yeah, it opens that door. What would happen is a year from now, if we weren't doing this episode now. A year from now, you would say, you know what? We should do What Lies Beneath. Because Diana Scarwood plays a witch who gives Michelle Pfeiffer psychedelics. And Michelle Pfeiffer then is like, becomes a member of the occult, etc., etc. And to get her back, Diana Scarwood has to hire a team of sister bounty hunters as portrayed by Jennifer Jason Lee and Holly Hunter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, her and her daughter is a lesbian for sure. <laughs> Dating Michelle Yeoh, who's a grifter. <laughs> yeah, like I, now I'm starting to see how it happens. Yes, but you know what? I could still, given how we are on this show, a year from now, I could say, "Hey, Stacy, we should do an episode on what lies beneath," and you would say, "Oh yeah, we haven't <laughs> talked about that on this show." <laughs> yeah, I've never seen it. <laughs> <laughs> And then we accidentally watch Case 39. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. What a pair. (laughs) Wow. Real brain trust. Gators Manor. (laughs) We have listeners. Thank you, listeners. All of you. Thank you. Thank you. I like the sound of that movie. That one sounds really good. It sounds great, right? (laughs) Like, it sounds like stuff happens in it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, so there is, I mean, I do think this is absolutely way too long, and it really wears out its welcome, despite Michelle Pfeiffer. Uh, Imagine, this is what I love, imagine being this man who is like, I don't know, I'm married to Michelle Pfeiffer, but is it enough? Is it enough for me? I'm married to Michelle Pfeiffer, she constantly tells me I'm brilliant, Uh, she takes great care of me. We have sex. We do all of these things. But is it enough? No, I must have an affair. <laughs> like, are you serious? It's very upsetting. I just don't get it. It's very strange. Didn't he say, doesn't he say, he says why. He says, can you blame me? Oh, I, uh, you. It's, it's knock, knock. It's what was I supposed to do? I had to eat the pizza or whatever. I, I would eat the fucking pizza <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, said, he said something happened and he had he I made a mistake s- I slipped I slipped I slipped I slipped and killed a girl uh strange thing about this movie that I discovered in my my my, my extensive research process because wow. I extensively research everything we talk about always 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 uh this movie was directed by Robert Smekis, but it was written by Clark Gregg what like the guy from all the avengers things that shows up in all the marvel he wrote this movie it's one of like three things he's written i'm very confused even more confusing and this ties back to your interest stacy he wrote it and he wrote the story in collaboration with a woman who she based this uh, this treatment or this story off of her own personal experience with the paranormal because she was a mus- she was a musician who lived in a lakeside house on Martha's Vineyard, um, and she's a documentary filmmaker named Sarah Kernichen, and she made Marjo, aka the Marjo Gortner <gasps> documentary. Whoa! Yeah. Full circle. 
So what lies beneath? Marjo. Oh, well, I love it now. So now I want to know what happened to her. Was it Marjo Gortner haunting her? <laughs> He's not dead. You can still be haunted by the living. This is what I think. When you say she has a house on the lake in Martha's Vineyard, I say this is a woman who has too much time. <laughs> she has enough money that she can have too much time. And so when a door opens, she thinks it's the paranormal <laughs> because she has nothing else going on. Too much time, too many awards. And then, oh, that door opened. It must be Harrison Ford trying to kill me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But so, just what a weird chain of events that she made the Marjo Gortner movie. She's an Academy Award winning, or like award winning documentarian. She writes this treatment, which then Clark Gregg, aka Agent Coulson, because yes, people, I have seen a few of the Marvels and they're terrible. He then writes the script and then it gets turned into Lifetime Hitchcock by Robert Zemeckis, starring Michelle Pfeiffer. What was the year 2000? Listen, a ghost plays on the computer. Anything could go in 2000. It was a wild time. We all thought we were going to die. We did. We did. It was the end of days. Yeah. The computers were all going to blow up. We had this, we had a stockpile surge beverage drink in our basements. That's right. Thankfully, things are so much better now. Thankfully, yeah. We, you know, (laughs) haven't been inside a restaurant or a bar with friends for two plus years yeah it's fine i can't hug anyone because i might get rectal blisters um but i'm happy yay one lies beneath one lies beneath the one okay one last thing that i was thinking about this movie because i was looking for any kind of why and i think (laughs) i know perhaps i was searching in places that i just shouldn't but Okay, so I say, okay, so the the murder happened in 1998, and then I'm like, well, is this, if this is, just slap me if I'm reaching, but I'm like, is this our country's way of dealing with the Clinton-Lewinsky scandal and impeachment, which also happened in 1998? Is this our way of reckoning with the reveal of the powerful man and his uh, indiscretions? I see. I you know. see. I'm always yeah. looking for a cultural cause. Right. Yeah, I'll give you that. It could have. It was a time for it. It was a time for it. Yeah. Now, a year after this film, there was Gary Condit when he killed Chandra Levy. Everyone mm-hmm. forgot about that. Yeah. So I'm just, I'm just saying. Yeah. All was beginning to be revealed. So I thought, well, maybe there's something in this film, at least trying to talk about that. The disillusionment of the powerful male and his still a bad movie <laughs> yeah <laughs> michelle pfeiffer love michelle pfeiffer can't believe this movie's 22 years old what the fuck love all the women in this uh, oh yeah i mean harrison ford yeah i like i like you know terminator 2 miles dyson the inventor of skynet is her therapist in this yeah i love vermont listen my oh, you love I, my new england boner was raging like crazy when we get some fall vermont i love vermont wow i could i saw the sky riding yeah. just not that <laughs> yeah. plane just kept looping yeah i love vermont so you just see a lake and you're like oh yeah baby oh yeah like when she went to the <laughs> so like the trees were turning it was fall trees and like when she went to the little cafe where you know Diana Scarwood had seen Harrison Ford with Amber Valletta, yeah, and she went to that small town. Like I was like, yeah, Vermont man. Why was the town called Adamant? I mean, that is kind of a New Englandy name. It's our our names are either like Indian or like we are stern, joyless New Englanders. <laughs> Either one. Either or. Either or, yeah. (laughs) Okay, that makes sense. I couldn't tell if that was just, like, writing that thought it was saying something, or... I mean, I probably, you know, but but it it was a little weird, but not that weird to me. Basically, if it could have been a woman's pilgrim name. (laughs) 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 We're all about it, you know. But you're a proud people. We are very proud. 
We don't make small talk. We don't say hello. Are you crazy? Well, unless you're in Maine and then you say, oh. <laughs> oh, listen here. <laughs> well, he lives down the road. <laughs> Louis? Soil of a man's heart is Estonia. We oh say stuff God. like that all the time. That all is the absolutely the way people talk. Well, we did it 22 years later. Happy um, anniversary. Loved this movie 22 years ago when I saw it in the theater. Oh, yeah, God. Right? Uh, not as much my feeling today. Stacy, with all of this said, are you ready to put on your, your magical main accent and uh, <laughs> traipse on over and say strange Stephen Kingian witticisms on the chopping block? Yes. <laughs> I quit. <laughs> it's the chopping block. It's yeah. it's a, it's you know what this is. It happens every week, people, except the weeks we don't do it, which is just when we don't have a show. But it otherwise, it's a thing we always do. It's a question and answer game. We present each other with three categories of horror movie trivia and no adjacents. We are subjected <laughs> once we choose our category, we are subjected to five questions that we must answer all within 10 seconds apiece. Unless one of us calls out, "I want the wig." In which case, Oh. There's not, like, hair of note in this film. No, not really. In which case, in which case, the hair of your choice. This, it's a free agency well. today. The hair of your choice. This could be the hair of your dreams. This We're not limited to Strictly Strode today. The hair of your dreams descends upon your head, and it is of such beauty, if you want it to be. It could be horror, abject horror, if you want it to be. But the hair of your dreams magically descends upon your head and the heads they is just so taken or bewildered by it whichever you choose that it wins you an additional 10 seconds to answer that one question if you get anything wrong you're done you're dead if you get all of them right then you're probably gonna die next week well done yay woohoo um you ask me first i remembered this Oh, because then, uh, so I answered last first? Yes, Yoda. For, <laughs> uh, okay, so I ask you first. Yes. Okay, well, this is great because I I have had a week, so I have nothing new for you, and I apologize. That's fine. So you have all, all in honor of the heat wave, in honor of all, all poxes and blisters and, and rectal disarray, <laughs> you have three new categories uh that are old (laughs) three old categories coming to you uh your your first category old category is too hot for tv parentheses that's why these are movies in which i describe bonkers sex scenes from mostly horror films and you name the movie ah so i just say like ooh, squish squish (laughs) and then you tell me what the movie is uh, I don't make I, there's no onomatopoeia I don't make the sounds or anything okay. I'll just describe what the scene is like or, or about the scene or the world the, the, pre, the presence in the world of the scene I'm horny uh, already thank you that's the point of this <laughs> <laughs> your next category is hold on to your butts uh, this came from our sphere episode these are all about horror films featuring Samuel L. Jackson mm. okay as plain as I can get. And then your <laughs> your newest oldest category is They Them Their House, which is all about <laughs> horror movies with house in the title. This isn't a name how how many time how many times can you say a movie named House? This isn't that. This is just questions about horror films. I ask you about the film and you tell me the movie and it it has house in the title. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Sure. This is real exciting stuff today. So your categories are Too Hot for TV, parentheses, squish, squish, that's why these are movies, Hold On to Your Butts, or They, Them, Their House. Squish, squish! <laughs> oh, okay. I'll describe the sex scene, you name the movie. Uh, one of these is kind of not horror, but it's fine, because it's the first question, but I think you'll get it. 
Number one, you ready? Ready. Viewers never looked at ice picks or bisexual novelists the same way after this film's steamy, shocking opening sex scene. My gosh, basic instinct. Ding, ding, ding! That was when the world learned that bisexuality was a thing. Yeah. It was that movie. It was that movie. And then everyone protested. (laughs) (laughs) What a time. Yeah, right? So, like, we were upset that Sharon Stone was hot. (laughs) (laughs) Love her. Number two! What starts out as a hideout in a love motel soon turns into death by champagne, a mirror, and two perplexingly anatomically correct dolls. Huh? Oh, is this a child's play with Tiffany, Bride of Chucky? Yeah, that's the name. (laughs) (laughs) Ding, ding, ding. Child's play, feet. Tiffany. Yeah, yeah, parentheses. Yeah. It's a, it's a her hot it's a summer jam that she guests on. <laughs> Good job. Well done. Ooh, boy, okay. Number three. Number three. You love this movie. I know you and you love this movie. Oh, no. It's one of your favorite movies. Uh, <clears throat> Number three. Roger Ebert called this 1982 film an agonizingly bad vampire movie circling around an exquisitely effective sex scene. Maybe he just had a thing for lesbians and classical music. Oh, the hunger. Ding, 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 ding. Mm-hmm. Can you, can you believe? Like, sometimes he was so right with so many things. Okay, number four. Number four. I'm getting a little more recent here. For some reason... This film features a gratuitous lesbian sex scene before said lesbians are then gratuitously murdered with an iron rod by cultists. Blame the Italians, I guess. Oh, yeah! Mother of Tears? Yeah! Yeah! She's a mother of tears! La Crimora! <laughs> That song by Cradle of Filth, there is the lyric, um, one of the lyrics is, like a rush of cum on nymphetamines. What? Not amphetamines, nymphetamines. Because they're amphetamines that nymphs take, because it's metal. Oh my gosh. Isn't that so cool? I just went full Home Alone with my hands (laughs) right up to my cheeks. Did you get your face get a little hot? <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, Imagine writing that down. Yeah, yeah, and you're like, my name's Danny Filth. <laughs> and you're going to make a the acclaimed anthem for the new Dario Argento film to close out the, the Three Mothers trilogy. We're all the way to number five. Woohoo! For all the money, of which there is none, number five. The canals in this film weren't the only things flooding when people saw this sex scene 49 years ago, with rumors still persisting that it was not simulated. Don't look now! Ding, ding, ding! Hooray! Well done, you're a winner! I didn't really think I would do well in that category, I'm surprised. You got all, you got every sex scene! Wow. Well, you have a clean chopping block before you. Oh, this I do. So please place your head upon it Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and see how you do when you choose from one of three new, in the literal sense of the word. (laughs) Not the outright lie sense. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, In three new categories. Oh, hell yeah. Because last week I had no new categories. This week I had three and the themes all tied to the movie we watched today. That's how on it I was. Okay. She's on the pulse. Okay. Category one. Why 2K or why not 2K? That (laughs) is the question. This one. I name a movie and you tell me if it's why 2K or why not 2K. (laughs) So basically, did these movies come out in the year 2000 or not? But you have to do the fancy answer. 
I love that. I, I love that rule. <laughs> Category two. Time for Tubby Bye Bye. <laughs> I love her. Yeah. In this ca- this category is all about bathtub scenes in horror movies. I describe a bathtub scene. You give me the information I desire. Oh, really? Well, sometimes I'm looking at it now. Some most of the time, I'm looking for a title. One time, I'm looking for something else. Okay, great. And category three. The box is coming from inside the lake. That's so terrible. <laughs> That's really bad. Because, you know, she found the box at the bottom of the lake. But you remember when she runs and jumps into the lake and, like, torpedoes into the sand? <laughs> like, the woman is a nuclear submarine. Like, she fucking torpedoed, like, her arms... Like torpedo into the sand and she pulls the box out in like a freezing Vermont lake water. She was wrapped in a shawl and the next thing she's the human torpedo. It's amazing. Yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. Okay, that and the computer part. Maybe I do love this movie. It's good. Yeah, it's real good. Classic (laughs) queer horror classic. She has that lesbian daughter. Feminist icon. Yeah. Woman torpedo. Uh, this one is real easy. It's one of those, uh, in 50 seconds, name five movies that have the word lake in the title. Oh, no sequels, please. Spinoffs are okay. Oh, fuck. That's right. So, your categories are Y2K or Why Not 2K? That is the question. Time for Tubby Bye Bye. <laughs> and the box is coming from inside the lake. <laughs> These might be your best titles of all time. (laughs) This was definitely a top-down process, like come up with the title and then figure out a way to make it work. All three of them. (laughs) That aren't just name a movie that was once made. (sighs) Well, thank you, though. That accommodates my level. Um, I, you know, they're all great. I really, really really want to say the fancy answers so i i gotta go with why why 2k or why not 2k that's okay. the question all right well then you tell me uh, uh you know why 2k or why not 2k oh fuck oh i get so upset with numbers your okay. numbers okay well clearly as today's episode uh demonstrates well when i'm not right <laughs> here we go number one Brotherhood of the Wolf. Y2K. No, it was 2001. <laughs> no, no. No, I'm not dead. I said it's 2001. I knew. <laughs> Right, but you said Y2K. <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> that was a case of saying the wrong thing, but you immediately know you're wrong. God damn, it was! Well, so you say the wrong thing, you get your head chopped off, and then at the gates of hell, because that's clearly where we're both going, yeah. as homosexuals, at the gates of hell you say, God damn, it was 2001! <laughs> And uh, me having had a cup of kombucha tea or whatever, <laughs> I'm like, why is my mirror so steamy? And then 2001 appears, and I say, Anthony is dead and still can't leave me alone. <laughs> and I go jump in the lake, torpedo into the sand. <laughs> torpedo into the sand. <laughs> I feel like there's a distinct pattern of the weeks that I come up with 15 questions. <laughs> I die first. <laughs> the first one. I wonder if this is subconscious or conscious. Oh, some kind of subconscious pattern. Right. Oh, well, no. Yeah. You're right. It does happen every time you come up. Only when you come up with the new <laughs> yeah. ones. Yeah. 
Well, now we all know Brotherhood of the Wolf is from 2001. It's so weird how that works, though, because, like, so, like, I try, like, you say the title, I see the picture in my head, Mm -hmm. like, the movie picture, and then next to that, like, I try to visualize what it says on IMDb in parentheses. Yes! You know? You know the process! Yep. And most, a lot of the time, like, as... D to the extreme or whatever the category I asked you last time that you did where you knew all the movie because we know we look at like as horror people what we do is we we grew up standing in the video store and staring at the pictures mm-hmm. and so we retain that and somehow I don't know how the number works but th- my number was flickering it was flickering between 2000 and 2001 landed on the wrong one you're right I am dead <laughs> <laughs> you're dead but I am getting all of this message through the Ouija board. So. You, it's a long message. It is. My hands are very tired. Thank you for uh, enduring. Well, okay. Um, well, we'll be back next week with another episode. I, guess, I mean, that's all there is to it. Um, you can find old episodes on our website or whatever, obviously, wherever you're. I don't need to tell them. Um. <laughs> I like hearing you blush more and more. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Ooh, it's getting warm in here. Um. Uh. Well, our oh, our website is gaylordsofdarkness.com. Yeah. Uh, you find links to our social media on there, all kinds of things. Right. That's it. Okay. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> For a haunted tome made out of skin, it's so loosely structured, yet informative. I know, right? Uh, Is it over? It's glowing and spinning on its own, so I'm gonna guess yes. Ah, Oh oh my my god! God. Oh Oh my my god! God. Tune in next time for more Gaylords of Darkness! Ha, ha, ha.